0: Off turn four, and nothing between him and the checkered flag. Christopher Bell wins at New Hampshire. Excellent work, guys. Excellent work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great improvement on Pit Road. Adam, you're the man. I don't know what you did, but you woke this thing up. Welcome
1: to playoffs. Good job, guys. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we've got another jam-packed, really fun one, and a good one to kind of celebrate as well. So we are going to look back at the New Hampshire race. And it was another good one for the podcast, that is for sure. So we'll talk about what we saw there and the bets that we hit and didn't hit and everything in between. So New Hampshire recap to kick us off. Then we will get into some Pocono statistics you know, look at the track stats, look at the data set that we're looking at It's a little bit different this week compared to last. So uh, we'll we'll get into that. And then we'll make our outright picks talk about three guys who we like, and uh, the area of the odds list that we find ourselves in when we're looking at those guys, then we'll get into the finishing position picks. And that includes our toolhangers.com bet of the week. And I'm going back to a finishing position pick there for that one. So a little spoiler. And then in the second half of this episode we've got another guest getting a lot of a lot of guests in here pretty lucky to have that and we've got Rye Cape you can find him on Twitter at rye cape and he's joining us he's from the insiders room on twitter as well very happy to have him because he's another local Philly guy like myself, just a couple guys talking Pocono. So, um, very excited to have him on, and we've got a really good full tank face off to hit you with. So, really anxious to see what people think of that one. So, Great episode planned out for you here. Before we get into any of that, though, I have a couple of notes I want to throw out there, some housekeeping notes about the show. So first off, you may have seen we had a little bit of an off-cycle release here of an episode. I was joined by the guys from the NASCAR Betting Preview Show on Twitter every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, and those guys, Rory, Derek, and Mark Join me for a conversation last week about sports books in general. We called it the Sportsbook Roundtable Special episode and released that later in the week. So that came out on Sunday night. So you may have seen that. Let me know what you think about that. We, we put our thoughts out there, talked about all things sports books right now things that are going well for sports betting and nascar things that we'd like to see in the future and um kind of revisited an episode that i had a while back called phil saves nascar I hit those guys with it so um, if you listen to that and you had any thoughts good bad or anything in between let me know anxious to hear people's takes on that then next week this is a kind of a heads up i am going on vacation it's a family vacation for a week leaving on saturday to next saturday so what that does is puts next week's episode in a little bit of question. so i've been trying to feel out a few different things that could do with it i think right now i'm planning on bringing my laptop to try to put something out there the heads up that I'm giving you is it might not be as uh, lengthy as these last few episodes. I'm not going to have a guest on or probably be just some quick hitters and some thoughts about the Indie Road Course the, the following Sunday. So, um, just wanted to give you a heads up as to why next week's episode might be a little shorter, might be a little different. Um, but yeah, going on a, a family trip. So I'm gonna have to find some time to break free and, you know, record in peace with the, uh, kids and everything running all around, but, uh, looking forward to that trip though. And, uh, to get there, we are actually going to be passing Poconos. So uh, I'll probably be hitting some race traffic and jealous that I'm not going there. Um, And then last little note here, I wanted to throw out that I was on with the guys from In Between Media, Seth and Rod on the Backroads YouTube show. So definitely give that a look. We talked about a ton of stuff, four different races we talked about, two from the past, Atlanta and New Hampshire, and the two ahead of us here with Pocono and a little bit of the Indy Road Course. So give that a look. I absolutely love talking with those guys. They're great dudes and um, had a lot of fun doing it. So um, definitely give it a look and let us know what you think about that conversation as well. So let's take a look back at New Hampshire because it was a good one. Very, very happy. I got a big smile on my face. Christopher Bell is your winner. We hit him on the podcast at plus 1800. That feels really good. And, you know, it was interesting because after I wrote down the notes and I recorded the podcast later in the week, his odds dropped. And that's, you know, shout out to Derek at picks by blaze. Cause he was somebody who called that. Um, it didn't drop right away, but as we got closer to the weekend and then practice and qualifying went down, he dropped all the way down to plus 1200. I still think that that would have been a decent, you know, hit to have him at at plus 1200 because, you know, it's still a good chunk of change compared to what you were getting with some of the guys who are more of the heavy favorites and after he, you know, crosses the the finish line, you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, of course Christopher Bell won. Like what am I thinking about here? I called him out as a quote unquote long shot last week. I mean, plus eighteen hundred damn good number, right? But when you look at it with hindsight, being twenty twenty, of course he won, or of course he was in the mix, right? I mean, we made a case for him last week, but never lost in Xfinity, second place last year, and you know, this week. I guess this year is kind of, you know, hearing Christopher Bell talk about it, he was a little concerned about New Hampshire himself because he hasn't been good on these tracks this year specifically, but um, he went out and got it done. So really happy to cash that ticket. And it kind of seems obvious, you know, after the fact. So I'm glad um, it didn't seem obvious without a winning ticket. That would have been... That would have been tough. And the race itself, I mean, it was pretty interesting. For a while, I thought it was going to be a snooze fest. Truex was dominating that race. We were on Truex as well. So that, you know, also made me feel pretty good. At one point in time, Truex was plus 100 in live odds, like not even halfway through the race. So at that point, it's like, okay, well, you know, DraftKings has decided that this race is officially over. And, you know, I was nervous that it was going to be a, an overall snooze fest, uh, separating the, the gambling side from the actual like fandom side of watching the race. You know, I wasn't sure how I was going to react to that. But then, of course, strategy came into play, made it fun to, you know, see the different drivers get up there. We saw some guys get off cycle. It didn't really last that long, but guys were shifting in and out of the, the top 10. You know, we, we saw some different names up there at times then of course chase took over and, and chase was out front and he was the the you know lead rabbit there and, and getting chased down and eventually Christopher Bell makes the pass and just takes off and uh, that was all she wrote so overall pretty decent race and uh, a good race for us as the podcast hitting that big number now the bet of the week also hit so I'm very happy about that. That was Harvick over Redick. Kevin Harvick really stepped up last week as we kind of hoped he would. And uh, that bet was really never in question, honestly. Um, that was really locked up most of the day. So felt really good about that. We'll, we'll talk about the the tool hangers bet of the week later. What that pot is looking like now, but um, very happy to hit that. We just missed on Cindric. I'll say just miss in a little bit of an air quote there. He finished 13th. He was one of those guys that was like, you know, trying to go a little bit off cycle. He was up in the top 10 every now and then. Most of the time, though, his average running position was like 17th. So um, 13th was a decent finish for him, but not uh, what we were looking there for a, a nice cash in for a top 10. We just missed on that. Head to head, though, in our face off against Chris Wormy. Well, we went two and one, and uh, the guys that I had with the choice that I had was Christopher Bell in that matchup. So that was a, a good choice. It paid off for me there. And then the bet that I wanted was Ryan Blaney over Elliott, and Chris took that as the first pick. And wow, I mean that really worked out for me uh, in my favor there, as Chase won that matchup easily. Blaney, uh, somebody we're going to talk about here in just a bit, definitely let some people down last weekend. So. Uh, take the head-to-head matchup take the face off there uh, another uh, victory there feeling good about the way that played out so it was some strategy plays some speed and made the race interesting enough at a, a track that historically I haven't really been a huge fan of but uh, I thought it played out well enough so the next gen car once again comes through for me in my opinion at least so hope everyone cash some tickets there and we can move on we're, we're getting hot here this summertime you know this stretch of the the schedule, it can be a little, um, you know, boring, I guess, but I'm having a blast. I mean, we've had some great guests on and hitting some tickets. So this is uh, where gamblers can really clean up. So we're moving to Pocono and I'm going to call this my home track. And, you know, being from just outside Philadelphia, we've got a couple tracks, Dover and Pocono. Well, um, we've had a, a family house on my mom's side up maybe like five miles from the Pocono Raceway. So used to going up there, used to being up there for a race weekend, just kind of being part of the vibe up there since I was little. My uncle being a big uh, NASCAR fan, it was always something um, that we had going on. So I consider Pocono a a home track and very uh, disappointed to see them taking a race away from Pocono. They moved it to a doubleheader last year and, you know, thought, okay, well, that was a cool concept, a cool gimmick. I like seeing, you know, what they're doing. They're trying to keep it on the schedule. And then this, you know, this schedule, when it was released last year, very upset to see them take away that race. Now I know Pocono gets some, some heat and I get it. You know what I mean? I rip on Texas all the time. And if you're from the the Texas area and you love that track for what it's worth to you, I can understand being a little bit disgruntled when you hear stuff like that. So I understand when people say, oh, it's Pocono, you know, the the biggest knocks on it is like kind of boring racing over the years. And there's always like weather delays and and things like that. So I get it. And I can understand why they they took a race away. It just stinks uh, because, you know, it's a local track and um, I enjoy the racing at Pocono each year. So we've got uh, a friend of the program, my buddy Nick. He's been on last year for a full tank face-off. He and his wife are going up to the race. So shout out to those guys. Uh, I'll bring Nick up again later when we get into some of our picks, but um, they have. Uh, I'm gonna try to get some stickers that I had made up a couple years ago, full tank with full stickers, and uh, if I can drop them off to those guys, they'll be passing a few out. I don't have very many, but uh, hey, maybe if you're going to the race, you keep your eyes peeled to see a sticker out there in case you want something uh, to hold on to. So shout out to those guys. They're they're uh, heading up for. I hope. Is a good race. So I have not been up there since Ryan Blaney won the race in the 21 car. I was looking for a new driver at that point, you know, Casey Kane kind of falling off, and I had bought a shirt. The shirt was like absolutely ridiculous looking, and, you know, lo and behold, he goes out and wins. So I was like, damn, this is awesome. So that was the last time I was up there, and it's got a, some sentimental value to me, of course. Now, Looking at it from the racing standpoint, I I think it is a track that is worth keeping on the schedule because it's got a bunch of different things to it. It's got, you need raw speed. I mean, that straightaway, it's the longest straightaway in NASCAR. It's longer than most airports. You'll hear them talking about on the broadcast. Um, So you need that raw speed all around the track. The three turns, obviously, you know, the what turn for, you know, that whole uh, gimmick there, but the three turns are all very different. And it makes for solid racing, uh, in my opinion. I mean, turn one at Pocono is the most wild turn, I think, in NASCAR. Like, if you get a late restart or multiple late restarts, those guys are dive-bombing into turn one. You never know how it's going to shake out. And I think that's awesome. So if we get those late restarts, it really makes the race a lot more fun and fun to look back on. Then as far as strategy, strategy excuse me, is concerned, They'll talk about how they they play it like a road course. They play the the race backwards as far as the crew chiefs are concerned. And that's another element to this because you could have guys who are on different cycles, different strategies, and that brings them to play. So you could have, you know, people leading the race, but the real battle for the lead is is back in like, you know, seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth because you're expecting the cycle to fall through. And then it doesn't, and it changes the race all around. So I enjoy the way that that plays out. So let's get in some track stats here. So we've got 88 races at Pocono in the Cup Series lifetime. The winner has started on the poll 16 times. The last time it happened was Kyle Busch in 2017. So these numbers are starting to come back to normal a little bit compared to New Hampshire. The winner starting in the top five. It's happened 55% of the time. And starting in the top 10, 69% of the time. So those numbers are pretty standard for what we're seeing on most tracks in NASCAR. But when we talk about winners starting in the top five, we've had zero in the last five races. So that's interesting to think about, you know, recently, if you go back to the history of this track, the winners have started up front, basically the, the whole time. Um, Up until, you know, like the the mid-80s and 90s, then they get away from it. But um, for the first little bit there, it's like second place, third place, fifth place, fourth place, first place. Like that's where the the starting positions are. Lately, it's kind of, you know, I think we have two 19th place starters. So uh, that's interesting. Outside of the top 20, it's only happened seven times. And Kyle Busch, again, uh, did it in 2018. So manufacturer trends. This is interesting, you know, Toyota has kind of taken over recently. They've won seven of the last 10 races here, and it's a streaky track because I, you know, when they go to Pocono, think about Hendrick. I mean, Hendrick had a great stretch in the early 2010s. Every single one of their drivers in their stable won back to back to back to back, four in a row for Hendrick. They had whatever it was at Pocono, they had it. And it seemed like, okay, well, who's going to take it away from Pocono, or excuse me, from Hendrick? Well, it was Toyota. And now they're dominating. And in addition to that, now they've got a couple new drivers in their stable, Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace, who are no schlubs. I mean, they could you know, really bring it. So it's not just Gibbs anymore as it has been in the past 10 races dominating, but we've got a couple other guys here that could actually win a race, be a bit of a long shot, but it could happen. So very interesting when we're looking back at the, the manufacturer trends, how streaky it is now the data set that I'm looking at. So over the past few races, we're trying to compare to things that we've seen so far this year. We're trying to find similar tracks, and you know bounce those things off of it and with Pocono we really don't have much to work off of so I myself made the decision okay I'm just going to look at track history here at Pocono in the last eight races so that's going back to like the 2018 time frame and I feel like that was a, a decent enough where we're not getting too far away and you know when you get too far back you've got the veterans like piling up points and the guys who are newer start to you know they don't have those races, so I try to keep it within the reason when I can. Um, now I will refer to the last two races at Indianapolis when applicable. Um, so Indianapolis, when they were running that before it was the road course, that was really the most comparable track to Pocono. I mean, Turn Two at Pocono is based off of uh, Indianapolis Turn. That's just a, a fact, and it's a it's a two and a half mile track. Also flatter overall, I guess, you know, coming out of uh, New Hampshire. Nothing is as flat as New Hampshire, but um, you kind of get the picture there. So long straightaway there, need a lot of uh, speed. So that's why Indy was such a good comp. So I am going to reference that at times. And if you want to try to make some sort of like grasping at straws to something that's on the circuit right now, I guess, according to ifantasyracing.com, you could throw in Auto Club um, just kind of like a secondary comp track. So we'll refer to that, you know, if it's worth it. You know what I mean? If somebody's like terrible from earlier this year or they're really good from earlier this year, then you know, okay, maybe that's worth calling out. But if it's you know somewhere in between, then it's not really uh worth your time to look into it because it it is what it is. It's not a a hundred percent comp track. So the odds when they dropped, they seem to be, you know, relatively on point. The the Sportsbooks seem to be also looking at the track history at Pocono specifically because the guys that they have towards the top of the list are uh, pretty much who are on the top of my list. And when we do the the Pocono stats, that's who shows up. There were some guys who kind of moved around originally, Ross Chastain, according to the guys in my chat with the NASCAR betting preview show, they were saying Ross was like all over the place, um, landed at 10 to one, but uh, there were some movement early on. Now, things have kind of stabilized, and the guys that are up front, you probably would expect to see them based on their, their history at Pocono. So let's talk about some of those guys, because I'm going to actually call out the favorite. And we're going to get into the outright picks right now. It's going to be Kyle Bush on DraftKings. At this moment, I can get him at plus 700. That's the best ticket that I've seen out there. He was plus 600. He moved to 700 on different books, Barstool, MGM. He's a little bit, uh, shorter than plus 700. So I like that number. I've already locked it in and I like this value, even though he's the favorite plus 700 for someone with this resume still speaks to me. I can understand people saying, you know what? I I can't take that value. Uh, it's too short for me. You know, I don't like taking the favorite, which, Hey, I've said that many times on this show, you know, the favorite kind of scares me off, but, um, Kyle Busch is too tough to pass up on at Pocono. I'd feel silly not taking him because of the plus 700 value and then have him go out and, you know, dominate the race or, you know, even if he snuck it in there, he's Kyle at Pocono. Like, yeah, of course that could happen. So I, I don't want to get beat in that scenario. I'm not comfortable with that. Whereas in the past, different tracks, you know, throughout this season, I'm fine getting beat by the favorite. I'm because of the value. So in his last eight races, he's got three wins, six top fives and seven top tens. That's why I feel uncomfortable not taking him here. I mean, those numbers are just unreal. He won the last time they were here, the the second race in 2021. So we have that. His driver rating in that last eight race time span is first by a long shot, 119.6. I mean, he just dominates that stat. His average finish is second, point. Five. So if you go back even further, because Kyle has a, a ton of starts here, he only has one DNF in his last 10 races. He crashed in a 2020 race, and that's the only finish outside of the top 10 that he has in that time span, going back all those races. And he has led laps 12 of the last 13 years, so he knows how to get up front. You're going to see that car up front at some point this weekend. It's just how can he hold on to it here? So he's got all the stats really that you could possibly want. And the funny thing about those numbers is that when you look at the span of his career, those stats are all backloaded to the here and now. He's best at Pocono now. He's got four career wins. Three of them were in the last eight races. Like all of those top tens, those top fives, that's all now. So Maybe Kyle's sort of like winding down in the span of his career, but his prime at Pocono is now. So that's why I really like it. Then we know about the sponsor situation. This is less about the the stats and more about the intangibles. The race itself is sponsored by m M&M. and It's the M&M's Fan Appreciation Race. They are the primary sponsor. That's the name of the race. He is obviously going to be driving the M&M's car, so it would only be fitting to have the Driver who's been driving the MM's car for years to win on this fan appreciation sponsored race here at a track that he's really good at. So, plus 700, I like that number. If it dips down to the 500, 400 range, um, I'd probably avoid it, but plus 700, I'm happy with. Now, I'm calling out two guys that are both in the same area here. And, you know, before I move forward in, in calling these two guys out, the odds itself, like I don't necessarily think we're gonna see a, a completely long shot win at Pocono this weekend. I think a lot of the guys who I think have a chance to win are priced correctly, underneath like the fourteen to one range. If we see a monster hit this weekend, it's because something wild happened. Maybe it's rain shortened. Maybe. Uh, you know, there was just a a huge off cycle change. Somebody took a risk, stayed out and and barely hung on. I don't know, but I think it's going to be within this 10 to one range. And that's where we're going to find Kevin Harvick. I'm very excited for what we're seeing from Kevin Harvick coming out of New Hampshire. All right. He's got just general momentum and that's sometimes tough to come by. I mean, ask Alex Bowman and he's doing it at a very wonky part of the schedule, right? We're going to like a, road course and then a super speedway-esque type place and then a really flat short track and, and now we're going to this large Pocono racetrack two and a half miles. He's had success over this past stretch of races and it's not the same tracks. It's a bunch of different tracks thrown in there and he's doing pretty good. He's, he's getting pretty dangerous is what I'm talking about. Two top fives, four top tens in those last five races this year. So this is a solid track for Kevin Harvick historically. In his last eight races, he has one win, five top fives, and seven top tens. His average finish is first out of everyone in that time span, 6.4. Driver rating is second only to Kyle Busch, who we just talked about, 114.2. Last year, so the last couple years, they ran the doubleheader at Pocono, and uh, he finished fourth and eighth. And that was during a year last year where it was a quote unquote off year, kind of like this year, right? I mean, he hasn't won in forever, didn't win all last year. So during that type of span, he still was able to muster up a fourth and an eighth, the top five there. So it seems overall to me like a similar vibe, a similar situation to last year. And if you want to actually compare it to last year, he was kind of coming into these races at Pocono hot and cold last year. He was up and he was down. He was up and down, and you know was not good on road courses last year. And this case coming in now, like I said, I I highlighted his last five. He's been really solid, so I think maybe that momentum helps put him over the edge and potentially gets this done here at plus one thousand to win the race. Now I mentioned I'll throw Indy in there. The last two races at Indy, he won both of those races. So clearly. He knows how to get it done on the the best comp track we have available to us looking at the stack. So he dominates that one. So it's his time right now. I mean, he's on the outside looking in. There's a bunch of guys now starting to sweat out the playoff hunt. And for me, Kevin Harvick... You know, with a couple more road courses coming up, I don't think we're going to see Harvick get it done there. It's Pocono or Michigan, honestly. So I think they're looking at this like, yes, this is a really good opportunity for us to steal one and and get into the playoffs. So I'd love to see it happen at plus 1,000. The last guy I'm going to call out to win outright, I'm going back to the well. I just can't quit this guy. I, I tried to last weekend, and it ended up kind of paying off for me, actually. But I'm going back to Ryan Blaney this year. At Pocono plus 1000. He won in 2017, like I said, and I had that sentimental shirt. I'm trying to capture those vibes again. I'll wear my shirt on Sunday to get that going for Blaney. But um, last week was surprising to me, like actually shocking because going in as the favorite, he had every stat known to man that I had written up. In his favor, and he just totally laid an egg. Like Chris Wormy called it out best. You know, if he doesn't qualify well, he's going to be a nobody, and that's exactly what happened. Like dead on. Um, so, and he also ran into some trouble. He spun on his own. Like, what are you doing, dude? So, I think this is a, an opportunity for a bounce back here because Blaney is second in points. But if we've got a couple of guys who win in this last stretch of races, he will be on the outside looking in. We'll, we'll talk to Rye about that later. Uh, but In Blaney's last eight races, one top five, four top tens. So pretty solid, right? 50% hit rate for a top 10. Fifth and sixth last year. So he's starting to, you know, get a little bit better after that win a while back, starting to bring it back closer to victory lane. His driver rating in that span is 10th, which is okay, you know, 88.3. But his average finish is fifth. And that you know, right there is, is interesting because both of those, you know, by themselves, they're both decent, right? Driver rating 10th, average finish 5th, it kind of makes you wonder, like, why is his average finish so much better than what we're seeing with driver rating, right? Most of the time you're looking at those two stats and they're relatively within the same, you know, ballpark of each other. I would say 5th compared to 10th in the other stat is a bit of a incline there. So why is that? Well, my guess is... This, I've got a stat here that I'm pulling out and it's looking at the last 10% of the race. So we can look and see what the drivers are running at, the average running position when there's 10% of the race left. And then we're able to see what their average finish is. And Ryan Blaney, so there's a stat that's trying to say how many average spots do you gain in that last 10% of the race? And Ryan Blaney is leading NASCAR In that stat, he gains 3.4 positions on average in that last 10%. So that's, you know, among all full-time drivers, there's a couple random guys who filled in and and had a couple finishes there. But the interesting about this stat is when you're looking at it, a lot of times, I I do look at this on a race-by-race basis, and a lot of times you're seeing the back markers at the top of this stat because it's easier for them to gain positions in the last 10% of the race because they're, you know, way in the back and they're finishing ahead of the guys who have wrecked out of the race. So it's easier for them to make up positions at that point in time. But to see a driver who is fifth in average finish really at the top of this stat at a specific track gets my attention. So what does that mean to me? Like actually in practice? Well, you know in theory it's great but in practice it may be telling us that he's good at those restarts later in the race going into turn 1 i mentioned how that's a, a crazy situation for drivers maybe he's making up ground during that so that's what we'll need here for him to cash a 10 to 1 ticket plus 1000 for Ryan Blaney and just as a note the other guys who are good at that stat at Pocono Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch so you know Blaney is uh what did i say he was 3. Four spots on average, he's gaining in the last ten percent. The other two are like two point six and two point four. So these are guys who are gaining late, and I think they're worth calling out to potentially cash some more tickets here for the outrights. To to wrap this section up, we're calling out the favorite Kyle bush at plus seven hundred if you can get him there. Kevin Arvik plus plus one thousand and Ryan Blaney plus one thousand. Let's go. We're
0: gonna be here all day. We're gonna be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party,
1: baby. So next up, we're going to get into our finishing position bets here. And I inadvertently realized after I was taking my notes that I have a bit of a theme here. Subconsciously had a theme for the finishing position picks. And it's the, I laid out there, it's the 43 car. So you can kind of deduce where I'm going here with this one. But I'm going to start coming out of the gates with the toolhangers.com bet of the week. And who I'm calling out this week is Eric Almarola plus 150 on DraftKings. He is the bet of the week. So first, let me tell you about toolhangers. They are the sponsor for the bet of the week segment, and it's so cool what they're doing. So I get $10 each week to throw down on a bet. And if that bet hits, Whatever the winning value is goes into a pot that we will give away in a gift card form to someone after the Daytona regular season finale, and they will have that money towards toolhangers.com. So they are a website that specializes in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls from circular saws, drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, and more. They've got a product that fits anything that you have for your needs. So if you're trying to clean up your basement, clean up your garage, whatever the case may be, give these guys a look. I was actually reading my daughter, three-year-old, a book, Berenstein Bears in the Messy Room. And there's a point in the book where Father Bear brings, uh, they're trying to organize the room. He brings a pegboard out. I said to her, you know where he can get some uh, hangers for that pegboard? Toolhangers.com. And she looked at me like I had three heads. But um, you gotta make sure you hit these guys up because this is such a cool segment. And we've added recently to the pot. It's up to $55 now. So I had some success last couple of weeks, betting head to heads. Now I'm going back to the finishing position bets, and I'm hoping that this pays out for us here at plus 150 for Eric Amarola. So let me explain why I'm kind of on this driver this weekend because his success at Pocono, we talked about it with Kyle Bush, right? Looking at his full career. His success has come you know, within the last few races, so he's kind of good here now compared to the rest of his career. Recently, in his last eight races, two top fives, four top tens, so a 50% hit rate for what we're looking for here is a top 10 finish. His driver rating and average finish are both eighth in NASCAR in the last eight races here. That is something that may surprise some people. Right? He's in the ballpark. This is not a a total crapshoot. This is somebody who has proven in that time span to be able to get it done here. So last year, he finished 16th in both the races in the doubleheader. So not what we're looking for. But the year before, he finished third and fifth. So good stuff there. And the two races that we saw last time at Indianapolis, which were not the road course, he's fifth in average finish in those two races, 8.5. So the comp tracks he's got, more recent success he's got, 50% hit rate he's got, and his average starting position in eight races at Pocono is 7.5. So if he can get off the truck fast, kind of maintain that position, you know, follow the strategy of the leaders and just kind of play along, you could find Eric Amarola in that top 10. So that's the toolhangers.com Better of the week. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say, i probably sprinkle just a little bit on plus 4,000. I know I mentioned that, uh, you know, probably a long shot is not going to win here, but he's someone that stands out to me, you know, looking at the stats that he's better than most. So if you're looking for a really big long shot here, Eric Emerol at plus 4,000 to win the race, eh, not not too shabby. Plus our guy, Nick, who I mentioned, he and his wife, Jenner, going to the race. This is his driver. Eric Emerol is his driver. So it'd be very poetic if, uh, Our buddy Nick was at the race that Amarillo gets the victory to put him into the playoffs in his final season, just like you can't write it up any better there for a NASCAR fan. So throwing that out there at plus 150. So then we'll continue our theme here in the 43 car, and we will go to the driver instead of the former driver of the 43. 43. We'll go to the current driver of the 43, and it's Eric Jones. He's plus 225 on Barstool to finish in the top 10, plus 200 on DraftKings if you don't have Barstool. And his stats are kind of skewed right now because they are mostly with JGR. So he's got eight starts and those last eight starts, four top fives, and four top 10s. So he's a bit of a boom or bust driver at this racetrack. Last year was his only year in the 43 car. He had two races there, and both finishes were not great 22nd and 31st. So, if you want to take this bet, you're going to have to understand that this is now we're going into long shot territory here. We're kind of taking a swing at somebody who has had success in his career, just not in this car here. But in 2022, so I mentioned Auto Club being a sort of a secondary comp track. Eric Jones thrived at Auto Club. He was first in green flag speed. He finished third in that race. So, if that's something to kind of hang your hat on and say, all right, well, if we're going to use that piece of data somewhere, this is the track that we would use it. Um, So, compare that to, to last year. He wasn't good at Auto Club last year. So, maybe, you know, we're seeing some changes here. Eric Jones this season has just outdriven the equipment that he's in. So, next-gen car is clearly something that is helping him and that team. So I, that's why I'm a little less concerned about the numbers from last year, 22nd and 31st place finishes, because of the next-gen car and the way Jones has really stepped up and risen to the occasion here. The other thing about it is, uh, I don't want to get too far into silly season, but he's in contract talks right now. They already kicked Ty Dillon to the side there at uh, Petty GMS. I think that you know they would really benefit from re-signing Eric Jones. So if you're Jones, you're either trying to, you know, get more value from them or showcase your talent so you could sign at, at a different place, maybe Stuart Haas Racing, I don't know. Ryan Priest. We haven't heard much about that replacing the 10 car. So uh, I'd say the contract talks are Good to bet on here sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad i would say eric jones in contract talks he's trying to you know bolster that resume so plus 225 for a top 10 at a track that he's had success at when he's in good equipment now with the next gen car it kind of levels the playing field a little bit more look into that 43 car at that number for a top 10 so a bit of a long shot there but i'm into it so now we'll go to another former driver of the 43 like i said It's a theme. It's Bubba Wallace plus 110 for a top 10 finish. And I know I'm not the only person on the Bubba pick this week. He might be a little bit of a trendy pick, but that's okay. You know what I mean? I try to avoid Twitter earlier in the week before I kind of land on who I'm going to bet on, before I have my notes down in ink to, to kind of have with me, because I don't like having other... Things kind of skew my take on stuff, but I did see people were on Bubba and that's fine with me because I think it makes sense for a number of different reasons. So he's had a steady incline in his career in the last eight races at Pocono. I mean, huge improvement since joining 2311 racing. So looking at it now, his finishes, if you start all the way back eight races ago, it just absolutely keeps going up. Last season, he had two top 15 finishes, which included a 14th place and a fifth place finish. So that tells you like he just keeps getting better and better and better at this track in multiple rides, 43 car. And now the 23 car he's improving. Then you look at last week. I mean, I think that's what has a lot of people's attention, just an absolute great race all around. I, I, And one of the people that would say that that is definitely the best run of his career. He's had the win at Talladega, but rain shortened. And he's had some good runs at Super Speedways. But at that track last weekend, what we saw out of Bubba Wallace, what we saw out of that team was very impressive. So I think that that's uh, something that you can't look away from. You have to lean into the momentum there. And we talked about the two races at Indy. The last two at Indy, his average finish is six. That's a really good comp track, like we pointed out. So, we're only pointing this out for Bubba because he's shown a lot of success there as well. Average finish of six. Damn, like give me that play plus 110 for a top 10. I think Bubba can harness some of this momentum and get it done at a larger track. So, um, those are the top 10 picks here in the finishing position area. We're going to go with Almirola as the bet of the week, plus 150. Eric Jones, plus 225. And Wallace, plus 110, all to finish in the top 10. My other throw-in pick, this is more of a, a gut feel more than anything. It's Ross Chastain, top five. I'm going to wait to see how things go with practice and qualifying. He has just a dismal track history here. Even last year in Chip Ganassi, just has not got it done. But this year, Ross seems to be doing that at every single track that um, we would say, hey, he historically isn't good here. He goes out and dominates. You need raw speed. Ross has had it. So top five, that plus 140 number, that's what I'm looking at right now. And even if he goes out and qualifies well, I don't see that number skewing very much. Maybe it drops down to plus 120, but uh, I have my eyes on it. This is more of a lean. I'm not locked in just yet. And we'll see how it goes on practice and qualifying. So that's going to do it for the finishing position bets so as advertised we've got another guest this week and it's our guy rye cape you can find him on twitter at rye cape he's part of the insiders room show that they do every week happy to bring him on he's a guy local to my area the philadelphia area so um He suggested coming on for the Pocono when I reach out to him, so very happy to bring him on, and we've got a great full-tank face-off to get to as well with the head-to-head matchup. So without further ado, here's Rye. Now I am happy to welcome on to the podcast for the first time our guy Rye Cape. You might know him on Twitter, probably came across him at some point, at Rye Cape, Thank you for joining. We have a lot to talk about and uh, welcome to the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Phil. It's an honor.
1: Absolutely. Um, So a couple things here. First, I mean, you are like the epitome of kind of why I wanted to start up a podcast, honestly, because I had a lot of people that just don't. You know, friends and family, they don't follow NASCAR, so I wanted to just, like, put stuff out there to start hearing back from people like me that just like NASCAR, and and you were somebody early on who started uh, messaging me about picks and stuff, so I appreciated that back and forth, and I'm really happy to have you on, Um, and come to find out, you're kind of a local guy, too, to, to my area, right? Philadelphia area um so i'd like to kind of get a little bit into your background how you got into nascar and and then kind of transitioning
0: how you got into gambling on nascar so i guess we'll go to gambling first uh yeah i grew up in an italian family in a restaurant business so uh it was either you did drugs or you gambled so i didn't get into drugs i gambled. i used to play (laughs) those little uh, white parlays they used to give you three teamers you throw five dollars I did well, you know. You meet a bookie, start gambling, start gambling. Then I wanted to learn how to do the numbers, like why is the line moving in a certain way, and how can I get an edge from that? And that's how I just started handicapping. Uh, NFL was my start, MLB, and you know, I'm I, I don't uh, I'm not a fan of the public weekend betting, so I wanted to look for something else to do to bet on and that's when i came across nascar uh started watching a few races and after a while i looked for podcasts and i i found you so i was wow. uh, yeah
1: i i so that's actually pretty interesting because i think most people that i talk to kind of like had nascar you know in their background some point like watched it you know maybe when they're younger like for me i I was always making fun of my uncle for liking nascar but i was like well aware of it i kind of like followed it through him a little bit and then got into it and then got into the gambling you got into gambling first and then picked nascar because it's something that you know you saw you could probably make money on which is interesting it's a good good concept
0: yeah i mean i've always been a contrarian better i love the plus money and nascar gives you plenty
1: of that i mean it's a really good point and there's probably a lot of people i mean i guess the hope is that there are a lot of people uh kind of feeling the same way and then that gives us you know more action more different types of bets the more people kind of get drawn into nascar you know then the gambling will will start to increase as well the different types of bets so um i hope that you know you're you're just the start of that stuff So let's uh, also, I want to know more about like kind of how you bet, right? Cause I've been doing the sports book reviews for the year and um, just had an episode where we talked about like sports books in general. How do you bet? Are you betting through a domestic book uh, offshore book? You know, what's the, what's the preferred way that you go about it?
0: So everything I use is legal in Pennsylvania. Uh, I pretty much have, every Pennsylvania book. I am a number shopper. I find the best line. Uh, I like to look at the lines and how they're moving. And then if I see that something's going to move, I want to jump on the best line before that. Uh, it's not so easy to do a NASCAR, but normal betting, that's how I am. NFL, uh, Major League Baseball. I want to get the best number. The more books you have, the better number you're going to get.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, we've heard people say, you know, as many books as you could possibly get your hands on, that's that's the way to play. You don't want to uh, get too attracted to the one uh, specific book. And, you know, that's uh, definitely the right way to do it. Are you still, so are you still like very much involved, like equally betting each week on like MLB or, or NFL when it's that season? Or are you kind of like heads down on NASCAR until... You know a certain point,
0: I guess. When it comes to Wednesday night, Thursday, I'm heavy in a NASCAR, I'm big into the trucks too. I'm not a huge Xfinity guy, but uh, yeah, I'll put money down here on uh, the truck races, i watch them all.
1: Love it, yeah. I mean, you're kind of speaking my language here because I'm similar way. Um, not really an Xfinity for whatever reason, I, I don't know why. I, I guess I just like the trucks better. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the show that you do with the insiders room. Um, so you do the the NASCAR segment for that each week. Right. So tell us about kind of how you got into that and and when that drops and what you guys do.
0: So, uh, yeah, uh, the insiders room is about eight cappers, a uh, bunch of other professionals. They work for like picks and parlays, uh, max wagers and experts, uh, wager talk, stuff like that. We all got together about, three, four years ago and we were just discussing betting and now we all, everybody is an expert at different sports. So, you know, we put in a lot of plays every single day and we're winning.
1: (laughs) So if I'm following the insider's room, I'm going to get just like kind of a buffet of, of sports betting, right? It's, it's a number of different sports and you usually go on for NASCAR, right?
0: Right. Uh, yeah, I'm the NASCAR guy. I'll throw out Major League Baseball plays and whatnot. But, yeah, every week it's NASCAR for me.
1: And when do you guys usually drop the the episode for that each week?
0: Uh, that's on Sundays at noon if the race is Sunday.
1: So the day of the race that day. So we make sure we're, we're following uh, your account, obviously, at Cap or right Ra- 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 Cape and uh, an insider's room. Um, Yeah. I mean, I so I went back and, and looked at a couple uh, of the more recent ones. You guys seem like you're hitting, like sometimes I like to go listen to the NASCAR stuff, like different content that different people are putting out, like after the fact, if I had missed it. And uh, just to see like how people did, it seemed like last week you guys did pretty damn good. I mean, you called out Christopher Bell, like almost right away. And, and you guys were on Truex as well. Um, so things have been going good, I assume, recently.
0: Yeah, we've, uh, I mean, the, the new cars have put a run in things, but yeah, we're up plus 12 units, a little more than that for the season. Okay. And we've had a couple outrights. So yeah, we're doing well.
1: Gotta love that. Um, Absolutely, gotta love that. So let's uh talk about a little bit the news of the day. So NASCAR keeps giving us, like, fun things to talk about for people who like to talk about NASCAR. It seems like Tuesdays is the, the news days. And, uh, last week it was the Red situation this week. We got the word. It kind of seemed like it was going to be coming out there, but NASCAR will be doing their first ever road course next year. Officially they're taking away road America and they're going to Chicago downtown. So, I mean, You know, since you're on, I want to get your opinion. Like, let's talk about it. What are your thoughts on that in general, like right off the bat?
0: Uh, We haven't seen a street course, so I'm all about it. I'm excited for it. I'm not a big road course guy. So getting rid of Road uh, road America, not such a big deal to me. But uh, it's actually one of my favorite road courses that we have. I like that at Watkins Glen. But, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm ready for a street
1: course. I guess the the thought so it seems as if there are a mixed bag. I was just tuning into like NASCAR radio real quick this afternoon. And uh, it seems like, you know, we've got people out there who are like the traditionalists and then the people who are kind of like in your mindset. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm for road course or a street course. Let's see it. Um, so I'm wondering like how big of a fracture that would actually be. I I feel like most NASCAR fans, you know, they would bitch and moan for a little bit and then they'd watch it from a gambling perspective though. I mean, we were just starting to get a little bit of data on road America and then they take that away from us. So it kind of stinks a little bit. I don't know what we could kind of re- uh, relate it to when it comes around next year, but I guess that's the fun of it.
0: Yeah. We're starting from the beginning again. They always <laughs> throw a wrench in the, in this situation that's what nascar does that's why i love it
1: it sounds as if though like the the changes aren't going to stop i was listening to ben kennedy I is the like senior vice president he was a truck driver forever and now he's like a big dog at nascar um sounds like they're trying to continue with the changes in the schedule i I don't know when the schedule is going to drop but he had like kind of been pretty uh you know Shifty there with the way he was uh, putting things out there, like we're not going to stop changing things. So uh, gamblers, I guess, need to be able to adapt because it sounds like it's not uh, going to get stale like it was for a while.
0: Yeah, keep them coming. I'm never change. I'm so, having fun.
1: For for did you happen to see? I saw the Chicago Eye Racing. Like I guess they one of the ways they like sold it to Chicago was they had the Eye Racing uh street course did you see that thing that they put out uh, there
0: i had a little glance of it but i didn't really get into it
1: i mean it looks like it's a pretty wild track and i mean it really is like downtown like they're going through like intersections and shit so um that's gonna be pretty cool it's just gonna be tough to to figure out you know is it like a road course or is there something else that we're gonna need to consider i mean it's a lot of twists a lot of turns it's gonna be uh interesting for the drivers for sure but i'm not sure how we're going to be making money on it <laughs> but you know we'll see I'm, I'm down for anything just to see what it looks like the product yeah, sure
0: it'll be uh, plenty of carnage <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there wasn't too much carnage last week at new hampshire so except for like the first four laps we had alex bowman get caught up in some stuff and and Ty Dillon, uh, who is out of a ride next year, um, which I, I didn't catch that until like midweek last week, uh, he got caught up in it. But what did you think of New Hampshire last week? Obviously, uh, you know, it sounded like were you on Christopher Bell as an outright last yeah, week? Yeah, I was on
0: Christopher Bell. Uh, I think he was my only win. I'd not been ahead ahead to and those are my two tickets cash.
1: So I guess two schools of thought. How did you think um, – the the race was as like a, a, uh, excuse me, as a NASCAR fan, you know, by itself. And then, you know, what were some of the other picks that, um, if you did put things out there that missed, you know, what were they, and did you expect them to? Was it more of a long shot, or was it more of a surprise? Like anything in that uh, way of
0: thinking. So I yeah, I'm a fan of Loudon in the first place, but I think it was a good race. Started off a little slow and. Yeah, they booked it up, up, and up, and it became a better race. I enjoyed it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I would say it seemed like Truex was going to run away with it. Um, And the fact that he didn't kind of saved the day for me. Like, you know, I was on Truex as well, but uh, just as like a fan of the race, it kind of seemed like if he was going to go out and dominate stage one, stage two, and then win the race, it probably wouldn't have been like a great race to reflect on, but the fact that chase had his moments as the, the guy leading and, and we had a little bit of uh dust up with Kozlowski and, um and Dylan. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> I, I didn't, I still don't know. Did do they like ever come out and see like what the resolution was with that or what happened? I didn't, I didn't see any of the post game stuff.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't think I heard anything about it except for Austin, Dylan, just, brushed it off
1: his shoulder. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. So if, if the, if Bell and chase and, you know, some of the guys didn't get off cycle a little bit, uh, if that didn't happen, then I probably would have said it was a bit of a snooze fest, but, um, all things considered packaged up. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, did you have any bets that you placed that missed and you you're feeling, you know, pissed about, or, um, you
0: well, know, I, I wouldn't say I feel pissed about them, but uh, I, Kurt Bush top five. I, Ross Chastain, top five. Uh, they both came into top 10. They were there at the end.
1: <laughs> makes it fun. That's
0: yeah, that's I mean, what I say. I, I don't consider it a bad bet.
1: Yeah. It's a no, losing I, bet. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that we've been talking about this year is like, if you could place it and, A, you have fun with it, B, you weren't wrong, right? You made a a good bet and they just missed. Then all in all, it's a good day, Um, especially if you hit an outright.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) if you you handicapped it right, I feel it's a good race, whether you win tickets or lose the tickets. You learn something for the next race.
1: So I called out some outrights uh, before bringing you on, and one of them for this upcoming race at Pocono was – um blaney so i just want to get your thoughts on blaney at new hampshire because i i'm not sure what to make of it he i really he was the favorite to win the race according to all the books all the stats were pointing to him and he went out and laid an egg um really confused me like bad qualifying effort bad race effort i think he spun by himself like do you have any concerns with blaney moving forward uh, with the rest of the regular season, or uh, do you think that was just like kind of one bad race?
0: No, oh, I have many concerns with Blaney because I've been on Blaney a lot this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me too. Uh,
0: yeah, I, he he races well, and then when it comes down to the end, he can't close, and it's been his thing <laughs> all season long. And unfortunately, I don't think he's going to win a race or make the playoffs. Wow,
1: so that's a hot take. So, you, th- you say no playoffs for Blaney this Correct. year, even though he's second in points. Correct. Holy cow. So, in order for that to play out, we're going to need, what, two more winners that are different? Yeah, so, uh,
0: we might get one this week.
1: Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But, um, I mean, that would be devastating, honestly, because I have Blaney – as a championship pick from way back, he was like plus 1200. I don't, I haven't even looked at what he is now. Um, But I had him like January 1st or something like that as a, as a pick. So to see him running so well and miss the playoffs, that would be huge, Uh huge news for 16 drivers to all win races, but you're down on Blaney at this point. You're saying he's out.
0: Yeah. I'm uh... I'm done with Blaney. <laughs> <laughs> Damn.
1: Well, that's not good for uh, one of my picks this weekend. Cause I'm, I was on him this weekend, but we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, I can't disagree. Um, you know, he, it's uh, one, maybe that I'm hoping he comes back a lot, but uh, he, he's an enigma. So that's why I wanted to bounce that off you for a little bit and, and see what your thoughts are. And I'm glad I did. Cause I have not heard anyone take as strong as a, as a stance as that on Blaney.
0: His pricing hasn't been great either last couple of weeks.
1: That's a, that's a fact. Um, I, I mean, he was the favorite like two weeks in a row, right? Favorite Atlanta, favorite New Hampshire. Now he's ten to one, um, which I felt was okay, but you know, probably could be better. Um, honestly, for for what we're seeing, but um, interesting. Well, I'm glad I'm glad I brought that up. Uh, so let's transition to Pocono. So when I asked, uh, you, I sent you a message a while back saying like, Hey, you know, have any interest on coming on, doing a little face-off action. What's a a race that would interest you? You threw a Pocono out there, both, you know, Pocono guys, I guess. Um, have you been to Pocono before or, uh, just like consider it like the home track kind of deal?
0: Yeah. I just considered the home track. I've never been there.
1: Okay so i had a i had someone i don't know you know we don't need to give out like where exactly you live but um in the philadelphia area i was talking to somebody recently and i was saying like yeah it's you know pocono um next week you know it's like our that's the home track and someone was like well dover's the home track and this is somebody who like doesn't even follow nascar like dover's close to the pocono and that like totally threw me for a loop i was like whoa i've never even considered dover like uh uh, anything uh to me but maybe they're right I mean what would you say is more of a a homer to to Philly Dover or or Pocono? Uh,
0: Dover is closer to me I've been to
1: Dover oh you've been to Dover okay I
0: went this past year when Chase Elliott won
1: so what's that experience like because I have not been to Dover I've been to Pocono um is it like you know everything you could hope for or more you know any advice for a, a first time uh person going there?
0: Yeah. Enjoy yourself. It's a blast.
1: <laughs> did you, did you get like a, there have been people like from our area that have said like, you know, Hey, we're getting a, a charter bus or like uh, multiple RVs, like that type of deal and, and go set up, um, I guess, outside the the track. What was your, what was your deal? Did you just like drive up and, and walk in, did you hit the casino, you know, adjacent to it. Like what was the vibe?
0: I parked, tracked some beers and talked to people. Nice tailgate. I love it. I love it. We party till it was time to go in. All
1: right. Well, I'll have to. And it
0: got rained out and we came back the next day and did the same thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you drove home and came back?
0: No, we got a hotel room up there.
1: Okay. 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 Nice. All right. Well, sounds good. So maybe Dover is making a claim for uh, Philly's home track. I don't know. But for this weekend, Pocono, um, I guess – let me just get some, some broad thoughts on, you know, what to expect this weekend with the the race itself and, you know, any liens you have. I mean, we're going to get to a little bit of a head to head uh, face off here in a second, but um, any thoughts on the, the race overall?
0: So yeah. Pocono is unlike any other track. There's really nothing you could look at to compare it to. Uh one thing I did notice is a lot of drivers have won here. So, uh, yeah, in how the track is, the changes in banking, the triangle. So you go down this str- uh, straightaway real, real fast, and you think you're going to get in front of someone and as soon as you get to the turn, <laughs> you're right <laughs> back where you were. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I guess the the question that I like to know is like, what what are you using to kind of like handicap this race? you know what I mean you mentioned it's tough to compare this track to some someplace else um I struggled with that this week. I really kind of went more history at Pocono than anything else whereas the past few weeks we've had a lot of other tracks to kind of compare it to um so what are you using when you're looking back and trying to you know see how to place your money this weekend
0: so my biggest thing was. Poconos since 2019. Those were the races I
1: use. That's about it. Uh, recent performance. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I was using something similar. I was looking at like the last eight at Poconos. So I think that brings us back to like 2018. Um, and then I threw in here and there. It, it was not like part of my my info or my stats, but you know, if, if someone did well at Indy, I kind of considered that, but he was even though it was a couple of years ago um, it was the most comparable track at that time. so uh, another like two and a half mile flat. so um you know, something similar but uh, I'm glad to hear that you're mostly on the Pocono races as well because that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, all right, so then as far we know you're not on Blaney, but uh any other like, maybe outright picks that you're kind of leaning towards. I'm not going to like hold your feet to the fire or anything like that, but any odds that you saw when they dropped that you liked and and you're kind of looking into a little uh, more so than others.
0: There were three guys that jumped right out and it was Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Bush. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to be on too many outrights, but uh, I think, uh, I think JGR is going to be good this week. Tough to
1: argue that I uh, I like what you're saying because a couple of those guys you mentioned, I'm, I'm also on as a outright, but it is, you, you mentioned like, not sure how many outrights you're going to be on. It is kind of tough to like pick outrights. Like you said, there's been a lot of people that have won here and it's, it's, you know, as soon as some manufacturer does well, or some team does well, then it like shifts pretty quickly. Um, You know, Hendrick had its it's run here and it was all different drivers. And then JGR has been on a run. It's been all different drivers and and obviously Harvick. Um, So yeah, you might be right to kind of stay away from some outrights. Um, So we'll get into maybe any other like props or things like that, um, that we're seeing, but let's get to, face-off. So for anyone who has not listened before, um, this is something fun that we do where whenever we have a guest on, we're talking head-to-head matchups and I'm going to let Ry go first and he's going to choose a head-to-head matchup and he's going to tell us who he's taken and why, what book he's finding that matchup on. And I'm going to get the leftover driver and then I'm going to go next and then he will finish it off with the, uh, the best of three matchups. So at the end of the day, we have three matchups and there will be a winner in some sort. Now, before I turn it over to you here, I keep forgetting to do this and I'm finally remembering now. So if one of us chooses the winner of the race, that is an extra point. So what that does is presents the opportunity to actually have a, a tie. Um, earlier this year, I think I was going up against Speedway Steve, 2, Those guys, Phil and Steve, and uh, I had won the matchup, but their matchup that I won two to one, but the matchup that they took and, and hit was uh, the winner of the race. So we said at that point, you know, maybe that should be an extra one. It's a, just a, a split. So I'm going to call that out now. There is an opportunity to tie. Um, but I've been on a bit of a heater since I got swept by Asphalt Degen at Gateway. Um, I haven't lost since. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to you and you can give us our first matchup for this faceoff.
0: All right. So uh, when I picked my matchups, I wanted to be competitive. So I'm going to give you a good guy here. Okay. So, uh, I took Denny Hamlin at Eva Money uh, against Kyle Bush. Yeah. <laughs> where,
1: are you seeing, where are you seeing that matchup? All right,
0: that's at Barstool.
1: Okay, so Barstool uh, has that even money. Way
0: the best price. Uh, in his last six Pocono races, he has two wins, four top fives, average finish of 4.7. Uh yeah, he's uh since 2019, he has the best average finish. Uh most laps led. I mean, I can't hate it. <laughs> I can't hate it at all. He's also in uh Last seven, he's five and two against Kyle Bush, and five of one if you get rid of Sonoma because they were 30th to 31st.
1: So, this season in the last seven races, he's
0: five Correct. and five. Denny Hamlin head to head against Kyle Bush is five and two.
1: So, that right there is interesting to me. Um, I had not realized that you know what I mean. I people have been on this like fade Denny train. Um, and it seems to have worked for most of the season. So like you kind of get caught up in that and you don't really think, you know, head to head matchups. How does that apply? Uh, that's super interesting. If you had asked me to bet on that, and you said one of them is five and two, I would have said Kyle's five and two in the last seven, no doubt. But um, that's super interesting. I'm not upset with this at all. Uh, I, I called out Kyle as somebody that I like to win the race. He's a, a favorite to win the race according to the sports books, uh, depending on, you know, what price you're getting them at. I mean, in the last eight, he's got three wins. This is a hell of a matchup. It really is. You're you're calling out like two of the big dogs. And when we're talking, you know, you get an extra point. If, if the guy wins the race, like either one of these two guys could win a race. So um, that is interesting to me. So uh, I I didn't know what to make of Denny honestly this week. So I'm glad that he's involved in the head to head here as someone I can either like cheer for or against in this case, it's against uh, I, I'm, I'm super interested to see how Denny does because he hasn't been, I mean, we can all agree, like he hasn't been the Denny of the past. Um, and now he's a little distracted with the signings of, of Redick and what they're doing over there. Last week he was hot and cold, um this is a track that like you said he he dominates at so if he doesn't dominate then heading into the playoffs like i'm i'm really like i'm starting to get together like my my form of like who i'm gonna like moving into the playoffs and making a championship run this is a to me a a real test for denny so um I, i don't know if you know that changes anything but uh it sounds like you know, this is a, a slobber knocker of a, a pick. So good stuff.
0: Okay. I already got it in, so. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I can't say that I'm going to give a, a big time matchup like that. Uh, you really kicked us off with a good one. The The one that I'm going with is a little bit of a, a strategy play, but it, it definitely is not a, a lock. Um, this is on – DraftKings, at least it's probably on, um, on other books as well. And I inadvertently, had mentioned these two earlier and did not realize I didn't put two and two together, but I'm taking Brad Keselowski over Austin Dillon. So I guess the books have this because of the little dust up they had. I didn't even realize that when I was like circling this on my notes. Um, so this is an interesting one. What drew my attention, honestly, it wasn't Brad. It was, it was, uh, Dillon because I wanted to take Dylan in some way, shape, or form, because I'm, I'm almost like rooting for him to make the playoffs. I really want that team after them getting kind of, you know, screwed by Reddick. I want RCR to kind of have something to, to hang their hat on. And I would love to see Dylan win a race and make it into the playoffs and make a bit of a run. Um, kind of like he did last year. So I was looking for something here, but in that, I found that in 16 starts, he has no top 10 finishes whatsoever. His, his highest place finish was 12th. And he's really just not good here, which shocks me because I went to a truck race at Pocono one time and he won the truck race. And I, whenever I go to Pocono, I'm like, oh, well, Dylan, you know, he won the truck race must be good here. He's going against other cup drivers at that race. He just isn't. So then he's going up against Brad, who is the guy that I'm taking in this matchup He's got the history here. I mean, just uh, great matchups or, excuse me, great finishes in the last eight, three top five, six top tens. Now the wild card is, you know, the new, the new gear, the new car that he's in hasn't worked out for him this year. I thought he showed speed last weekend, which was surprising. Um, So maybe they're starting to figure it out a little bit last few weeks. uh, Kislowski trying to come around. But um, this was really more so a fate of, of Dylan than it was a pick of Keslowski. So I'm not being as generous as you were uh, with <laughs> the nice matchup. So how do you, how do you think uh, this one's going to play out?
0: I'm not a big Keslowski fan, but I'd probably agree with you on this one. I guess I got to hope for uh, Keslowski to get a direct or something. Uh, he does really well here. I agree with you that he hasn't picked up the car, but I think Keselowski can try to get into the top 10, top 15. I don't know that Austin Dillon does.
1: Yeah. So here's a, here's a question just to kind of riff off of this one that I'm just thinking of now. Like you had mentioned, you know, there's going to be a couple more guys that win races. If, if you were to say one of these two guys were to somehow sneak their way into the, the playoffs with a win – uh thinking about the rest of the, the races that are on the schedule before um the playoffs, who would you choose?
0: I'd go with Austin Dillon. The
1: Daytona uh, factor?
0: Yeah, Daytona. I mean, I don't because he stinks in this car. That's the <laughs> bottom line. He I guess he did decent last week, but yeah, he's you he can't get a handle in it.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I can't say I disagree with you. And um, like I said, I'm kind of rooting for that, but not this week, this week, I'm going Brad. And, uh, (laughs) and we'll, we'll see if he can, you know, bring his track history into this new car and uh, go from there. So, all right. So it's Kozlowski for me, Dylan for you. So those are the first two picks Let's round it out with the rubber match here. What's the final matchup? See if you're as uh, as nice as you were the first time.
0: I (laughs) may be. So I'm going with Kevin Harvick over the guy who won last week, Christopher Bell. Uh, I think I got him one ten. I thought the Bell price was weird. Uh, In different places, it was different thing, Mm -hmm. but it was all plus money. I feel the same way you do about the post-win hangover. Uh, I'd like to feed the guys who won last week. Uh, Kevin Harvick comes up on all of my ratings, really, really, really high. The, yeah, he's the only driver who went four for four in the top 10 uh, last four races here. 3.8 average finish, uh, 7.2 since 2019 is a win three top fives, five top tens. I think Kevin Harvick's going to do well.
1: I I think this is a great pick. Um, I, I love fade in the hangover for the win. So that that's phenomenal, especially a younger guy like Christopher bell, you know, celebrating maybe a little bit more than a, a, a you know grizzled vet. So good pick there, but also a good pick with Harvick. I mean, I think we talked about how Denny is kind of prepping for the playoffs. Like, I think this is one that Harvick has to have circled um, from a while ago. Like his stats here are, are really good. And uh, to, to win a head to head matchup, they're even better. You know, he might not win the race, which is what he needs. But um, I think in a head to head matchup, he's a very sound pick. Um, If I were to defend Christopher Bell, you know, he's got four starts here and only so he's got one top five and it was really that was his only real finish. It was a fourth place finish, uh, which was the first time he, he came here. Now, um, I'm going to try to regurgitate something I read on Twitter earlier today, which was the, the last race that we had. It was the second of the doubleheader um, in twenty twenty one. He was running really well. Uh, I, I saw some somebody tweet out like his statistics from that race and he was running 5th then 6th then at the end end of stage 2 he was back up to 5th and then he got caught up in whatever it was and he finished 32nd. Um so he has the ability to run up front but I think that you know, in head-to-head matchups, whether it's any of the three that we're talking about, or if it's something that, you know, anybody that's listening is like, oh, you guys missed this matchup. You have to look at who can finish races at this track, because if there is a, you mentioned that turn one, if there's a track in NASCAR that has a, you know, more crazy turn one, uh, I'd like to hear about it. And it's the guys who are able to survive that craziness that can, you know, really win you some money in head-to-head matchups. And Kevin Harvick's one of them. So uh, I think, you made a good pick here. I, you know, if Christopher bell wins this matchup for me, I think something happened to Harvick. So um, that's a a damn good pick. So let's recap. Uh, I got to write these down so I could put out the bad Photoshop uh, graphic later in the week. But so Rye has Denny Hamlin and I've got Kyle Busch. I'm going with Brad Kozlowski and Rye's gonna have Austin Dillon. And then to round it out, you are going with Kevin Harvick and I've got Christopher Bell. So this is this is not uh, an easy thing to break down. Like if I could just give my quick uh if I could handicap the, the matchup here, uh I think the first one is a total toss-up. I think I have a slight edge in the second one, but if Kozlowski runs shitty off the truck, that is going to be a battle. Like late teens, mid or, or uh, low 20s, those guys are going to be like battling to stay on the lead lap, that type of deal. And uh, and then the last one, you have a slight edge. So this, this could go really any way. So it should be pretty fun. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm excited to battle. I mean, I don't want to beat you on your own show, but I want <laughs> to beat you on your own show. Of course, man. <laughs> you
1: got to. You got you to. Gotta. And then, uh, you know, run it back. If uh, if you beat me, you got to come right back on. You know, playoff time. We'll, we'll run it back. But um, that that seems like a really strong matchup. I'm anxious to see. Uh, I like to put out the poll, you know, on, on social to see, like, who people think is going to win or lose. This one... Uh, I don't know how this would fold unfold. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped. should be a good one. So outside of those picks, any other head to heads that you were like thinking about or, or any other like props?
0: I uh, wasn't big into any of the other head to heads. Uh, I do like bubble Wallace this week. Uh, Eric Jones, top 10, uh, that's probably going to move. So if you want that one, I'd take it shortly.
1: Yeah, those are the guys I'm looking at. I uh you must be, you know, looking at my notebook because you're you're calling out guys that I have uh talked about. So love it. The fact that you know you're coming on after that part of the segment and uh kind of reiterating those two guys, Jones and Wallace. I love it. That sounds uh like music to my ears, and I agree with you. I mean, they're they're pricing will probably change um, at this moment in time. I don't know what Barstool's top 10 is, but uh, DraftKings had Jones at plus 200. Like I, I can't imagine what Barstool's is going to be. So that right there, uh, I'm holding out hope that Jones could kind of cash a, a decent sized ticket there. Um, and Wallace, yeah, he seems like a trendy pick. I did see a couple people talk about him on Twitter. I try to like avoid. You know, hearing what other people are going to do until I like write my stuff down, and, and then I'm kind of locked in. Um, but I did see a couple people talk about Wallace, and it's for good reason. Like, you know, we'll we'll see how he bounces back or or try to parlay what he did last week because last week was impressive in my eyes. I, I thought he was um, kind of showing some real maturity there, and and we'll see uh, what he can do at Pocono.
0: Yeah, I guess that uh, switch to uh, pick crew helped out both teams.
1: It's weird how that happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they, I was listening to the radio today and they were, Christopher Bell was actually on the radio today. And uh, he was saying like, you know, everyone was saying that I was getting the short end of the stick. Like my team sucked too. <laughs> and, and that little change in scenery like seemed to have helped both teams. So um, good for them. Now we have been bouncing some uh, parlays off each other on uh, Twitter over the last few weeks, like with the weekly specials and all, like you like to um, hit me with some of the things that you've seen, anything you like this week. I'm, I'm real, real big, hot and heavy on the like one, two for the manufacturers um, or like the one, two, three for any manufacturer, anything like that stand out to you early in the week. I know it's early Tuesday, but um, any manufacturer that you would take like one, two, I guess, is the better question.
0: Yeah, I do. I'm pile on Toyota. Yeah. But- as I said, I like Bubba Wallace. So even 2311, I think is going to do well. So, uh yeah, Toyota's two I like. Yeah,
1: I think that's a good point. I mean, it brings more drivers into that fray. I'm trying to look and see what they are right now. They're plus 450, so not a bad ticket if they were to hit. Um, I have not gone back to look up what the, the track history has shown, like as far as like one, two finishes, but um, like last week, there wasn't like in the last 10 races. So I'd have to imagine um, Pocono has given us some one, two finishes over the, the past few years. So
0: I like yeah, it. I think last week was or last year was Bowman, Kyle Bush. Okay. So that that wouldn't cash.
1: Yeah. That wouldn't have cashed. I'm
0: fading Bowman.
1: Fading Bowman. You don't yeah. think he's going to be able to bounce back? I at-
0: mean, he's, he's had a DNF of what? Four of the last five, something like that. Yeah. I can't it, put my money
1: on that. I kind of feel like bad for him because pretty soon, if he doesn't pick it up, like he's like, we talked about heading into the playoffs. Like this is the time of these guys need to be gearing up. He's not. And if he starts really struggling, like they're going to be talking about putting somebody else in that seat. I think he just signed a contract extension, but they don't care about that. Like when it comes down to it. So um, yeah. Fading Bowman. Maybe is the new play. I don't know if there's any. I'm gonna pull up right now if there's any head to head matchups going up against Logano in a head to head. Logano's had success at Pocono, I don't know how recent, but um, that could be a, a good fade there.
0: I will not be on that one. I'm not, I'm <laughs> not I'm a Logano guy, not, not not this week.
1: Yeah, any other uh parlays or um, like weekly specials, you know, that we've seen over the past few weeks that you're kind of looking at this week, or I guess any other leans in general?
0: Yeah, not really. I I like to put most of my bets in after I see practice. Uh, Unless I know a line's going to move, I'm going to wait to see how practice is. I think it correlates the best to how the race is going to be.
1: Okay. So if you've got a guy that, you're kind of on let's just say i don't know harvick right we, we talked about harvick already he's 10 to 1 right now if he goes out and does well in practice and that line moves right we kind of wait to see how practice goes and then he performs well and he drops to seven to one are you on that at that point or are you just like kicking yourself that you didn't take it at 10 to 1 and, and kind of calling it a day like i'm, I'm anxious to see like people's mentality I'm um, kind of kicking thing.
0: myself because I didn't take it at 10 to one. I cannot take someone who hasn't won a race at less than 10 to one. Okay. I <laughs> did not want to race in almost two years. More than two years. something like that.
1: I mean, he didn't win last year. Yeah. So, um, that's a good stance to make. I think anything under 10 to one for somebody who hasn't won a race, I, I, I could get behind that rule of thumb, um, so, yeah, so it's more so just, like, kicking yourself and and if somebody goes out and doesn't perform in qualifying or uh, practice and their odds swing, you know, longer, are you jumping on that and just saying, like, practice was a fluke, or or how do you handle that?
0: Uh, yeah, most of the time that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, good, like, Kurt Bush had a bad practice. He had a good qualifying. Uh should I went with this practice or is qualifying or probably would have should have went with this practice. And yeah. See what
1: yeah. Okay. Cool. Well um, then looking ahead to the, the rest of the season, I guess you had said that you don't think Blaney's is going to get into the playoffs. So let me ask you point blank, who were two drivers that are not currently in um on wins that are going to win races and bump Blaney out.
0: Uh, So I think, I think Truex wins. Uh, The other guy, I think is going to be a random, like a McDowell or Bubba Wallace, something like that. I think, I think Daytona is going to mess everything up. (laughs)
1: Okay. I guess that's the hope, right? Putting at the end of the regular season, Um, that would be like, absolutely crazy since there's so many winners this year if somebody random like that one at that point so um all right well that's a bold bold uh call out there i have not heard anyone like i said make that kind of a, a play but um i like it and we'll see if it comes to fruition here so good stuff anything else uh before i i let you go here tonight
0: i think I think we covered what we needed to cover.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I, I really appreciate you joining me. It's at Rye Cape on Twitter and the Insiders Room as well. Got your own uh, Twitter for that as well to follow the, the different shows. And, and obviously you're on the NASCAR show um, each race day. So be sure to, to give both of those a follow. Um, if you're out there listening and you don't already. So, uh, good luck to you in this head to head matchup. We'll be talking, I'm um, sure, throughout the, the race weekend. And uh, yes, yeah, this is a real toss up to see who comes out the other end.
0: I'm excited, Phil. Let's cash some tickets. <laughs>
1: All right. Let's cash some tickets. I love it. All right. Thank you very much. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thanks again to my guest, Rye Cape, for coming on here. You can follow him at Rye Cape on Twitter to get all the information that he puts out on a weekly basis. Give me a follow on social, Insta, or Twitter at Full Tank Phil, and uh, love to chat with you on there. So, um, good luck this weekend at Pocono. And I'll be trying to put together a a quick episode on vacation for the Indie Road course next week. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have no place to go. (laughs)
1: Goodbye.